just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. Welcome back. How's it going? Not too bad. Good. Getting back in the swing of it. Yes. Fall is here. It's still warm where we live, but you know we'll have snow for five, six months out of the year, like usual. So, but now school semester's going okay. Had a little more hope in the students this year. Welding wise, that's to be determined, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> as far as members of society, it's it's not too bad. So you had a question for today. Yes. You wanted to work let me, through. Let me crack my Red Bull real fast before we get into the band. That's going to get to be a staple of this, isn't it? I wanted to jump in. I had had been thinking about this for, that's a lot of hads, have been thinking about this for a while, of the, 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 the sense of, I'll premise the question like this, which is what I've been dealing with. Fantasy and science fiction, as of the last, I'd say, five years minimum, have been pushing this sense of entitlement as opposed to trying to empower people. So entitlement versus empowerment. The struggle I'm having is a lot of these, not to sound sexist, but the female characters that they're pushing through in roles and leads, lead positions, protagonists, whatever, aren't the same ones that we saw 20, even 15 years ago. They seem more entitled. They seem lackadaisical, blasé, like there's no development. They just have everything they need. Versus you look at Princess Leia, Padme Amidala, um, Celine. You had mentioned Celine from Underworld series, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Oh. Had a celebrity crush on her for like 20 years. Still do. And the Terminator, Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tomb Raider, Angelina Jolie. Back in the day, these, these women earned their position. They showed struggle, empowerment, being powerful because they earned it. Nowadays, you have Ray and what's that chick that nobody liked from Episode Eight that saved Finn for no reason? Uh, you mean wasted Finn's chance at a uh, <laughs> self-sacrifice? Right. What was her name? Rosie? Mm-hmm. Rosaline? Rosie, I think. Okay. Her. And then you have purple-haired bitch from Episode Eight. Uh, we have Captain Marvel, She-Hulk. You're going to be here. You're going to be here all day if you want to lift up. Okay, I'll just talk about some of the main. (coughs) Okay, Galadriel in the new series, not the old Galadriel we used to know. So I would stop you there before you go on. Let's not go too myopic. Let's not pull specific examples except to give examples of greater points. Well, I'm I'm pulling specific examples so that they have a premise of who to base my accusations on. Right. But, I, I mean, generally we can throw out the examples of why we think this. But then let's try to focus on the point and then use the examples as a reinforcement of our point. Well, that way we can there. That way we can get at the bigger picture. Because I think that's where this needs to be answered at. And that's where I was going. But all those examples aside... The problem is that the reason, my opinion, of course, is that the, the reason the audiences are being turned away is because they don't want to be, they don't want entitlement and empowerment shoved in their face without proper cause. You can be empowered and entitled, but what's the cause? What's the reason? It can't be a just because, like in Ray's situation. She's powerful. Why? Well, she's granddaughter of Palpatine. Okay, that doesn't mean anything. 
My grandparents were farmers and migrated here from Germany before Hitler took power. That doesn't make me a Nazi. I'm not entitled to their wealth. Right. So. No, let's throw this out there. They don't have wealth because of the Nazis. Let's make that <laughs> distinction. It was taken by the fascist government. But. My point is entitlement versus empowerment. We're seeing more entitled feats, entitled um, characters. We're seeing more entitled, not characters, behaviors. I would say behaviors is a better word. Because you have these characters, and, and it's firm. Well, if you want to call them male characters, I don't really know anymore because of all the makeup and costumes, but I'm not getting into fair, that. Fair enough. <laughs> these characters, the, the sense of entitlement, where is the deserving aspect of having learned something? being taught by a wise mentor, being instructed in the proper ways of right and wrong. All these characters, sci-fi and fantasy, both, they just come out of the gate swinging. They don't get knocked down. They don't lose. So They don't learn any important lessons. So uh, for the wise and mentor, I'm not surprised at all that that's going the way of the dodo bird. Right. Because the cultural notes right now is to teach people that you do not need that wise and mentor, that you need to rebel from your elders, that your elders are evil, misogynist, bis, bigot, racist, ist-ism, and, and whatever else. Right. And so the messaging from that culture of Hollywood is rebel against your mentors. Be your own person. Right, right. Somehow you're perfect as you are. And it well, doesn't matter then how what you is that? get there then what is the point of your life? If you're perfect as you are, why, why would you develop? So I'm not surprised that's happening. I think there is two lines of inquiry into this. One, I think the first one is, is it entitlement? And two, in what way? Well, you're going to have to premise specific examples. Okay, so... We're a Star Wars podcast bulk majority, so let's start with that. You all know how we feel about Rey, but this is for encompassing a greater broadened view of all sci-fi and fantasy as a whole. Let's start with why is the backlash happening? Because I think that's really what you're dwelling on or what it seems like you're dwelling on, is why are so many people having the visceral reaction they are? Visceral reaction, yes. The, the, that, that's part of my issue is we all know the drawback from fans is because they're just putting out shit content. But what about it specifically is shit? Right, CGI right. is beautiful. They have amazing amazing CGI. Well, they have lots amazing of money. They, I mean, they lost a billion dollars on the last ten movies. I mean... But what I had said last week... They can throw money into the wind. You can shine a turd, it's still a turd. <laughs> so, uh, first of all, let's let's break this up, because if we try to talk about everything, it's going to get really scary. So then let's start with entitlement. There is so many forms of entertainment. Why would I waste my time on something that isn't entertaining? Why, why would I go to movie theaters to watch... Uh, Indiana Jones 47, the, the wokest, leftist, whatever. Because I'm not going to enjoy it. Why would search I waste my, my time? Search for my neighbor's wealth. Well, well, <laughs> well, search, search for grandpa's, grandpa's legacy. Right. Why would, I, why would I waste my time going to that? I, there's nothing to draw me there. And with as many forms of entertainment, video games, books, novels, comic books, uh, the internet in general, podcasts, 
self-plug. Uh, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Amazon TV, Apple TV, uh, Netflix, They're, Spotify, they- Hulu. There is so much entertainment out there that you could well, you could spend the next thousand years doing nothing but consuming the entertainment that exists today and still not get through it. That's the problem, though. Is that I, no, I that's the solution. No, the solution. Well, before we get to solutions, let's continue on the problem. I think a big majority of the problem is that message and meaning of entitlement has been pushed on generations younger than you and I. The yeah. generation after us. Right. You and I had to earn our place. We're still earning our place. We're still earning our rights. We're still understanding and being logical. And that's what dawned on me the other day as an answer. I was talking to a coworker about some things. We were talking about the generational differences and not the development of knowledge and the application of wisdom, but the discernment of logic. It's not there. So this young generation watches this and they're saying, well, I should be entitled to this because I can't do it on my own because I'm young. It's the I can't. Well, logically speaking, at 17, you can get a job as a grocery bagger. It's going to suck, but guess what? You won't be entitled to money because you'll have your own. You'll have your own way in life. So when they see people struggling in movies and these super powerful entitled characters who get what they want because they're powerful, they're like, that's what I got to be. Screw the system, screw my parents, screw this. I'm entitled because I deserve it. Because I have to put up with my parents and the school system hates me and blah, blah, blah. That's that's my opinion is what we discussed. I think there's definitely some of that. Well, it's, it's a bulk majority of it. I can tell you, um, working with students of that age, I see it every day. I, I don't know that I'd go so far as a bulk majority. There's plenty of people who... Their entitlement comes from the fact that they've always been given things. So that's about 65, 70% of what we deal with. So that's the majority. It stems from a place of they think they're being good. I, I think a lot of them say, it's not about me. I'm, I'm trying to make sure the system benefits the people that don't have what I have. Yeah. Or at least that's how they justify it to themselves. That's what the social justice works Very, Very few people... Well, very few people like feeling like they're being selfish like they're being uh, you know when you're morally corrupt and so very few people like feeling that very few and so they'll like justify it hindered too, though. right it's the, it's, it's the the sense of dreading hindrance is what these younger generation is experiencing I think there's well, you're hindering me because you're failing me or you're hindering me because you're not teaching me things it's like I'm not going to teach you all the tricks of the trade right out the bat if you can't lay down a straight single stringer bead well well, what good is it for me to teach you all the tricks of the trade for uh, writing? Why would I try teaching you cursive? If you can't even spell. If you don't know what an A or a B is, first I have to teach you the fundamentals. Yeah. A says, ah. <laughs> then we'll get into how to write a cursive A. I actually, I still write in cursive to this day, and my students abhor it, but I'm like, you know what? Oh, dude, that is going to be the greatest thing about being old. You want you want to you you want to write a note. You want to right. You want to write a note to a buddy, and none of the people at the nursing home can can read your note. Just write it in cursive. But that sense of entitlement and dread and whatever other verb you want to use is carrying over into the film and entertainment industry. In that, well, 
I'm entitled because I just am. I deserve this because I struggled my whole life, and I deserve things because people need to pity me. So it's a new type of hero, and we're seeing it pretty commonly. For instance, Ray. Hero's a loose term, but yeah. Well, protagonist. (laughs) There you go. Protagonist. You see it in Ray. You see it in the, the chick from Indiana Jones. You see it in the... Is there a Ooh. female Bond? The yeah. new Andy, Indiana Jones movie had a female. The, the, the new Bond is supposed to be a female. You're seeing it in all these places. And it's a different type of hero. So our generation is used to Kate Beckinsale. Angelina Jolie. And we're used to these, these heroes, but not just the females. We're also Luke, Aragorn. We're used to these heroes who are heroic because of the the way they achieve. John Connor. Yeah. Dread. I can go on. Conan the Barbarian. It's it's not what they achieve, it's why they achieve it and how they achieve it. I was going to say how. This new... I don't want to call it an anti-hero because we have anti-heroes that are good. They're not anti-heroes. Well, no. No, but I'm also saying the anti-heroes from our youth. Batman. Yeah, yeah, I suppose Vigilante's... Bane. Reverse Or not Bane. Uh, not Bane. The, 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 the one you like. Venom? Venom is a good example. There's another one, and I can't think what but it is. not an anti-hero. He's a lone wolf. Anti-hero. Eh, to a degree. Well, but even the anti-heroes, Hero it was Thon, about... Reverse Flash. There you go. But it's, it's why they do the things and how they achieve them that matter. Spawn. That's the one. He's my boy. And so... Todd McFarlane, baby. There's the new quote-unquote hero, the new protagonist that they're trying to push, is the idea is... And I think it develops from... And we heard this a lot growing up, if not directly from people around us being told it. Well, you're perfect just the way you are. Oh, gosh. Um, we didn't have participation awards when I was growing up. You well, got first, second, or third. Well, we don't really keep track of the score. It's not about winning. That's the message now, but that wasn't the message. Well, that was, was the a message. Kid. That was a message. Well, I was a kid, but it was the younger kids that were getting told that already. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't get told, but I saw it. It was the participation trophies. It was the, the everybody gets a ribbon. It was the even the losing team gets to go out for ice cream. You tried your best. You did your best, hon. And so... But you lost. <laughs> what that created did, was... Did Luke get to go out and celebrate after the Death Star came back and they lost Hoth? No. Well, no, he didn't. No, no, he had to get to work. <laughs> right. But so that created a group of people who don't understand what victory is all about. They don't understand what the achieving meaning, the is all about. loss. Yeah. And so, these heroes are the logical endpoint of that. They're apropos to heroes. Well, they are technically the hero of the story. They're, they're the one that's supposed to be the hero. But well, it's, they turn into the villain. But it's the writers that are writing these stories that don't understand what a true hero is. And so they've created this new genre of hero where it's just, oh, the hero's the one that wins, so we'll give you whatever power it takes to win. Superman didn't always win. That's the thing. Like, even somebody as simple and iconic as Superman. He got beaten, battered. Batman beat him. Somebody who wasn't a god. It's like, 
but he still had to understand and learn from his struggle and his mistakes to become empowered. Right. Losing and getting beaten empowered him to be better. Right. But, Where's the empowerment now? But those characters were written by people who had been through suffering and understood suffering. I get it, but my question still so, stands. Where is that empowerment now? Now I'm, everyone's I'm, empowered because you're entitled because you can't lose if you try your best. Well, it's, it's the idea Whoa. that if you try your best, you can't lo- you're not losing. Yeah, well... Well, no, you lost. Exactly. You tried your best, and I commend you for that. If you gave it your all, good for you. You still lost. Accept that. I mean, I don't care how many times the Chiefs have been to the Super Bowl without winning. (laughs) Until they win, they lost. They lost. So, this new generation of writers is writing stories about what they know, as as most people do. They they incorporate their life into their work. Sorry. Well, right, but they incorporate their life into their work. And so you're getting a new idea of what it is to be a hero. It's a very shallow, plastic idea of what it is to be a hero. Well, what they're defining a hero is the person who won. Okay, so we have protagonist of Star Wars trilogy. We need this protagonist to kill Palpatine. Right. So they write it backwards, and they say, okay, if she's going to kill Palpatine, she's going to have to be good enough to beat Kylo. Well, at this point, it would be he or she, protagonist A, is going to have to beat protagonist B. Antagonist. Antagonist. Well, they switched it up on you and made him a protagonist at that point. No, let's not get into it. But then... (laughs) We might touch on that later. I'm not doing that right now. So they have this branch of protagonist must beat antagonist, must beat this antagonist, must beat this antagonist. And that even proves my point more when you say, (coughs) well, he's not really an antagonist. He becomes a... They're changing that story now, too. So everyone... Everyone ends up winning. Right, well... Everyone ends up good. Well, you you can be bad. You just have to be a fascist. Everyone's redeemed redeemable it's like no well, some you, people aren't redeemable well you know who's not going to be redeemed sauron was not redeemable sorry you, he you, had to die you know who's not going to be redeemed in the new movies yeah very simple it's the person with the nazi aesthetic <laughs> everybody else gets redeemed Kylo didn't directly have the nazi aesthetic he wasn't the one chanting at the top of the the nazi march in that movie. We shall have order. Right. Big red draped flags with a black and white symbol in the middle. It looked like a Joe Biden speech. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like one, too. I, it just, well. Just a little more No, he coherent. didn't. He didn't mumble. <laughs> He's a little more coherent. It just, so what it is, is it's very predictable because it's very shallow. It's two dimensional. So part of the reason nobody likes it is because why would I spend my time on crappy entertainment that I can see the ending before it ever gets there? Right. Why am I wasting my time going to this movie? And so you don't. Why Why did I love because the early can, Marvel movies? You can already assume the ending. You can already assume the good guy's going to win. You shouldn't it shouldn't be assumed the ending of a movie. Well, it should have to be guessed. Why was the first season of uh, Game of Thrones so popular? Because Ned Stark dies. Cuz the good guy lost. He got his head chopped off. Exactly. And what Hello? happened at the end of the show? Everything you expected to happen, and that's why it bombed. That's why season eight was terrible because they didn't have a book to go off of. No, it was terrible because they went from they went from a story that was compelling where the good guy lost and you didn't know what to think, to okay, I know exactly what to think. 
That still pissed me off. Good guys win, bad guys lose. Jon Snow should have become the king. I mean, how hard would that have been to make him the king? Well, I think... They were so brainwashed by Daenerys that they were just foolhardy with her death. Instead of realizing the true potential of Jon Snow was to become the king. Why send him back up to the Black Gate? That makes no sense to me. Well, banish him again. Or the wall. Black Gate's different. Yeah, that's Lord of the Rings, right. <laughs> but what, send him back to the wall. It's like, why? Oh, Brandon Stark is the king. Why? The Raven Man was not supposed to be a king. He was supposed to be like Merlin to Arthur. Right. He was supposed to be a seer, uh, a shaman, a witch. He wasn't so, or a wizard. He's Gandalf. Right, right. He's not supposed to be a leader because his powers become null and void at that point. None of that made any sense to me. But Game of Thrones aside. So what we're dealing with right now is shitty writers, first of all, first and foremost. Oh, that's, we've established that plenty of times. But the reason this is happening is because people have so many options. Okay, say you're a little peckish. You go upstairs. You're going to eat something. Doesn't matter what it is. You even grab a sandwich. You want to be healthy. Or you don't care if you're healthy. You grab a pack, of, pack of sleeve of Oreos. Sure. What's a food you hate? Me? Yeah. Um, I'm kind of a garbage disposal, but I would say... Uh, say you hate anchovies. Eggplants. Eggplant. All right. Are you going to go pick up an eggplant and fry it and make an eggplant uh, parmesan? Are we in the hard times? No, right now. You're <laughs> right hungry now, right no. now. You, you no. going to go grab an eggplant, slice it up, throw it on a griddle? Heck no. But... You take away all those other choices, and the eggplant's the only thing in the house, you're going to eat it. Again, are we in the hard times? <laughs> right now, with entertainment, we are in the absolute surplus. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Why has Disney lost a billion dollars over the last ten movies or something like that? Because they don't understand writing. Because everybody can go somewhere else and doesn't have to eat that eggplant. True, but I also feel like they're telling us they're... Well, the stories of the hero have been told a thousand times. Let's write something different. Good. Go bankrupt. Well, it's <laughs> they are. But I think it's ironic that they're saying that. It's Wonderful. Like, well, the reason those stories have been told thousands of years, passed down from the ancient Greek and ancient Egyptian times, is because the stories make sense. Uh, well, we can go back further. The Sumerians. Right. Well. The Epic of Gilgamesh. Post-ancient Egypt would have been Mesopotamia, Assyria. But my point is, they <laughs> those stories were told for that many years and into today's entertainment because they work, because it makes sense, because there's trial and tribulation. There's understanding, there's development, there's knowledge put, in, put into wisdom. It teaches you where your place in the universe is. Right, but now it's like I'm saying, these stories, they just they, they come out in the first five minutes of the movie... You can already tell that this character doesn't have to develop. Yes, Ray, the scavenger is obviously better than the uh, professional soldiers at, at killing. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. That, that, sure, sure, that's possible. It's just, it, the story... As, as having been on kind of both sides of that? Bullshit. <laughs> I just, I... It just plagues my mind as to how they can put such a simplistic tag on it as in, oh, well... They're just powerful because of this, this, and this reason. It's like, okay, well, let's delve into the logic, like I had said and premised earlier, the logic. 
the logic of those reasons as to why this character is powerful and doesn't need to learn does not make sense. You're appealing more to the sensitized viewers and spectators and saying, well, you just, if you apply yourself, you can do it. No, you're not. No formal training. She applied herself. She did her best. They think they're applying it to those people. I'm saying... They're not. I I know where we stand, but I'm saying I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. But here's the thing. If they actually... If in reality, these stories were good for even that market, they wouldn't be losing a billion dollars. Even the people that espouse the belief that these characters are good characters, even they don't go see these movies. Right. But So, very soon, Disney will have to sell off Lucasfilms, or LucasArts, or whatever other Lucas uh, affiliate they have, because they will not be able to afford to keep them on. So, what do we get? They have bad ideas. Their bad ideas fail. We get sold to a better public, a, a, a person with better ideas, uh, or worse, or worse, and then they die too, and that's fine. This is this is uh, meritocracy at its finest. This is a learning moment, right? This is meritocracy <laughs> at its finest, and and here shortly, the weak will weed themselves out, right? And so when Disney goes belly up, and all they have left is they're in a theme park like Six Flags, we won't ever have to listen to their pandering again. Wonderful. Maybe we can forget about the new Snow White. See, I completely forgot about it. Still haven't seen it. The Snow White and the Seven Almost Dwarfs? <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm convinced they just didn't want to pay dwarf actors, so they brought in some no-name nobodies, and they meant to CGI them, and the guy in charge of CGI was just like, eh, I'm kind of lazy today. I won't CGI them. And they're like, oh, no, that's a feature. That's, that's a feature of the movie. Bing. That's the problem. Look at, I mean, look at that. I haven't seen the movie, and I won't waste my time or money, but it's like, okay, number one, dwarf. Number two, men. Seven, male dwarfs. Well, first of all... Let's, let's premise there. So, first of all... Not Asians, not Africans. Let's <laughs> throw Peter, Peter Dinklage under the bus a little bit here. Okay. My good sir. Fantastic actor. Yes. It is not Snow White and the Seven Midgets. <laughs> they're not the seven dwarves because they have dwarfism right they're snow white and the seven fictional creatures of the dwarven race yes and we all know from northern european stories they are not human they are not midgets right they're descendants of elves they're 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 dwarves yeah not people with dwarfism right like, like, it's very important. This is not... It is not so simple as, Hey, I look like those guys. I must be... No, you're an idiot. And... <laughs> it is not the seven merry men. It is not the six merry men and a woman. It's not the tranny hour. Seven dwarves. <gasps> Mythical race of underground dwelling, gem and gold mining... Dwarves, slaves, not midgets. Oh, no, sorry. no, they're free men. They're free men. <laughs> it's a joke. Well, free creatures, right? Creatures. So, but then look at okay. Then let's look at Ariel, the Little Mermaid, the newest one that came out. Still haven't seen it. Won't waste my time or money. But 
I heard a justification for why Ariel was black. And oh, not, this should be fun. And not red hair and blue eyes like she was supposed to be of Northern European descent. Yes, I would love to know why a, um, why a mermaid out of Northern European lore uh, was uh, from Sub-Saharan Africa. So this rumor I had heard... Rumor, Maybe she got caught in a current. Rumor as it is. Like a current year slave trade. <laughs> Somehow washed up in the Nile. Right, right. Somehow <laughs> magically went all the way up from the desert, the Sahara Desert. These pyramids look Around very the horn, horn of Africa. So the reasoning I had heard was because... Neptune, the seven daughters he had were from the seven continents. Is the reason they're coming up with? Ah, because Ariel. That that's a very uh, very African name. You right, know? right. That's <laughs> that that actually is a good point, except for the fact that Ariel is not typically a name you would hear. Around the Horn of Africa. No, it's not. That that sounds almost like it might have come from like Europe or something. And and even if it was Africa, it would it would have been South Africa. If I had to guess. South Africa about ten years ago when they were still prosperous. Right. You know, blue eyes, colored hair, kind of thing. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm 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 sorry. How many how many? But that but that was the just. How does hair dye work under underwater? I have to assume hair dye doesn't really dye your hair underwater, because um, there's not a whole lot of like African descent with bright red hair. Why are you pointing at your nose? <laughs> I I don't know what else you, to you say. Tried, I, you, know, well, you, you literally like okay, fine. The the daughter of Neptune, who's from the, the Southern African Sea, uh, which I. Not uh, Africa isn't known for its water. I'm just saying. What water? Right. <laughs> Africa not known for its water. It, it's great ocean of Africana. No, uh, it's it's the Pacific, the Atlantic, Indian. Not around Africa. Yeah. On the oh Western yeah, side. yeah, Indian Ocean. Um, hmm. I wonder. Ocean, I wonder if there would be a couple of clicks in that name. Um. And then the Mediterranean Sea. I believe you're looking for. And the Mediterranean more. Sea. I'm pretty sure the Mediterranean Sea doesn't touch Sub-Saharan Africa. Sub-Saharan, no, but it touches the northern. Yeah, Morocco, north India. North Africa. I mean, they're basically as white as the Greeks. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so olive tone. <laughs> right, right. They're half white. I. But that, that's the Pacific the Ocean. Yeah, they're. But the justification they're coming up for the reasons. Remember, this is mm. what I was talking about mm. earlier. There's no sense of empowerment. It's automatic entitlement. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of... I'm uh, entitled to be Neptune's daughter because he had a daughter from each seven... That's important because... I thinking about African continent. Again, Africa, not known for its water. <laughs> notice, how, notice how none of the oceans and seas around them are named after Africa. Mediterranean. Hmm. That might be named off of, like, the Mediterranean area. Weird. Point the is. Indian Ocean. Huh. I wonder if that's because there's a lot of, like, waters that flow out of India into the Indian Ocean. Point is, the senses of entitlement is giving the writers 
this false pretense behind the reasoning for their stories. No, I think it's simpler than that. So even the justification <laughs> for the story as well, because this, it's like, okay, now we get back to the uh, logical question. First order thinkers, wonderful. But, right, but but see, we just answered the logical question, but they can't do the logic because that generation is no, not no, no, stuck no. in the logic. No, it's simpler than that. Those are excuses for why they get to do what they want to do, and what they want to do is spend too much time on Twitter listening to the squeaky 2% that scream, uh, bigot, bigot, bigot. And so what do they do? Oh, I'm writing a story. I'll make Ariel black so that I don't get you read at. Right, but it's just as simple and then, as... And then, when the vast majority says that was stupid, they have to come up with a justification for why they're not stupid. And they don't have the logic to reason that answer. Well, they don't have the IQ. That's my point. Like, like, even if they had logic on their side, they don't have the IQ to swing it. But it's not about how simple the answer is, it's about the fact that they don't have the logical reasoning for it. Right, right. Even if they did have the logic, they'd be like a one-armed man with a bastard sword. Right. <laughs> like, sure, sure, it's awesome, but, like... All you can do is thrust. You can't but, really get a good swing like, You can there. get a good swing, kind of, <laughs> but, like, the arch is going to be pretty slow. Like, the whole point of a two-handed sword is it's not for you. <laughs> and it's in the name, two hands. <laughs> Unhand me. So... But that's the problem that we're running into, and it's still, it's just... The logic, like I was talking with my coworker, I mentioned earlier, the logic is not there. They can't logically reason and answer these questions. It's, well, it's, it is just, it's because it is. Or some of them have even started coming out saying, well, it's a fictional world, get over it. It's like, okay. Oh, it, it, even whoa, though, whoa, whoa, on, whoa. Let me finish. Even if though, that's the case, can I be the white king of Wakanda? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a fictional world. Right, but do you see, here, here's the red herring, okay? Um... It's a fictional world, get over it. But then when I don't go buy it and go waste time and money, they say, well, you're just a racist. Right. You just told me it's a fictional world, get over it. How I'm getting over it is not buying your crap and going on with my life. Right. How am I racist because I don't want to go see a story that you butchered? Right, but I'm, I'm obviously the king of Wakanda. Right. I mean, yes. look at me. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And I'm King Solomon II because I'm five foot two and I'm brown hair, brown eyes, brown skin. I mean, you, you could pull it. <laughs> I don't I mean, have any you're of those pretty, things. You're pretty short. You have brown hair. Your beard's kind of curly. It's okay. You could probably pull but Solomon. But I've got green eyes and I've got 5'11 stature. They make contacts and you're pretty short. <laughs> I'm 5'11. <laughs> yeah, I said that. Pretty short. Point is... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm speaking from my perspective. There you let me, go. Let me, yeah. let me crouch oh, yeah. down a little bit. You, oh, hey, look, you are tall. You could because you do have brown eyes and you do have... Well, you've got black hair. Right. Whatever. But the point <laughs> is, it, it's, it's, it's this whole idea behind, well, it is because I say. Well, you can say a lot of things that doesn't make you right. That doesn't make you the end-all, be-all reason for things. And So I'm, why are you putting these stories out? I am incredibly grateful for these writers and these directors and these producers and these uh what are the people that pick the cast the 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 i don't remember what the actual term is casters maybe that's it i don't know um i'm very grateful i'm very grateful for all of these people because over the past 10 releases disney's lost a billion dollars because of them and so deservedly so you you can only lose so many billions of dollars before you start selling off your stuff and they're selling off their TV shows, I hear, or their TV stations, I hear. 
And yeah. they're talking about yep. selling off a couple of other properties. Right. And they're going to peel away at themselves because those things that used to make them money and make them enough money to buy, I don't know, a $4 billion Star Wars Enterprise? 12. Whatever. <laughs> I, did a, I did an op-ed on it in college. It was 12. Well, whatever it, whatever it was, the things that made them that money to bring in Star Wars and Marvel and all the other enterprises right. that, that accumulated so much power for them, they have now shot themselves in the foot. And they're bleeding out. And nobody's going to want to continue to do business because they're going to say, you're losing money. I will not invest in your loss. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And again, deservedly so. And wonderful. I, I cannot wait until the day the mouse dies. I have a three-year-old daughter, and her favorite thing is Mickey and Minnie Mouse. And I cannot wait until the mouse dies. I, I am so it. tired of the mouse. I don't mind the mouse. What I mind is... Because Minnie Mouse, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, Goofy, Donald Duck, Petey, uh, Pluto, all those people, that they're... They're not what they once were. But they're harmless. No, they're not. No, hear me out before you jump to a conclusion. What I would worry about coming from Disney for my kids is those new animated movies that have these messages. Frozen. Um, what is that? Raya. Mulan. These these shows that show these oh the live actions yeah I worry about those what's the one with the the Moana oh I haven't seen these my wife and my kids have seen them but I I don't because there's hidden meanings and messages in there specifically targeted for kids my kids haven't seen them either so whatever I these actually other think I are. think I think Frozen's fine Frozen one Frozen yeah. two's not I haven't seen it, it I think Frozen one is fine just because um. I think it teaches a lot of good lessons that I don't think they intended to throw in there. For instance, uh, the whole love at first sight trope. Resist that a little bit. Question the people. Find out their moral character. That, yeah. that is a big part of that movie is the, the young lady needs to discern the moral character of the guy. That's very important for my daughter to learn. No, but not at not at our kids' ages. Right, but they're not saying that. That's that's just something they're being exposed to. My point is, those are the movies I would worry about. And then, because because they do have hidden, despite what people think, there are hidden messages in each of those movies. I oh, they were in the old ones too. Yeah, but not as bad. Subliminally. Yeah, but subliminal, subliminal, subliminal. You good, Biden? Subliminally, to whom? Well, to everyone who watches. Did you realize that as a kid? The whole point of subliminally is that you don't realize it. Until when? Ever. Until you can Ever. Reason. They didn't ever want you to realize that. Until you can reason. They didn't ever want you to. Watch those movies. Right, but now you... Now that That's you the point of corruption. Logically reason, as an adult, you watch those movies, you're like, I did not realize that that stuff was in here right. as a kid. That's the problem. That's the stuff that's in these movies now, which is why I'm so anti these movies for my children. Right. It's because they're watching them now, getting these messages, having these ideas, and then as they get older, hopefully they have that same oh shit moment. Well, the problem yeah. isn't the ideas. The problem is the confusion. It's the application. It's the confusion. It's the fact that these ideas don't work in reality, and so now their little minds are butting up against reality and the idea they're being taught. And that, it just, it stifles the ability of a young mind to develop. 
And when you do that, you come out with these confused little cretins. Uh, sorry, creatures. I uh, sorry, trannies. Um, uh, words. I uh, still can't get it right. Sorry, I have pronunciation uh, issues. You know, English uh, being my third, fourth, fifth language, whatever it is. Um, but now we come full circle. And I feel very bad for those people because they were targeted. And it's not necessarily their fault that they're in that situation. However, the response from who's supposed to be the adults in the room is... is probably the most egregious thing you, you could do to a society. But now let's come full circle, because this is what I was going to want to talk about. So that logic and reasoning. Okay. Coming back full circle now. That's the problem. What because is? Because they're targeting the people who can't logic or reason. Oh, no, no, no. They're targeting so them so they cannot. That's what I just said. No, it's, 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 see, they are targeting them so that they cannot do it. But they have to target somebody who can't do it to begin with. Because well, if you uh, every, already logic and reason, you could argue Every it. kid can't, it lacks logic and reason. Regardless of how you want to phrase it, that's on you. But I'm going to say it like this. They are targeting people who cannot understand logic and who are not able to reason. Right. Because they are making it easy for these ideas to be formed. So now we get into this generation again, coming full circle. Screw the system. Screw authority. I'm going to be what I want because I can, because I'm entitled. Versus someone like you and I would sit back and look at that and say, I can't aspire to that because my life, where it's at, does not go in that direction. And if I were to make it go in that direction, I'd have to make some changes. But a young mind at 16, 17, 18, even early 20s, they can't fathom that concept of having to make sacrifices and changes to make something work for them. They want it now, instant gratification, and if I can't have it, we'll screw the people who won't give me a raise. Right. I'll quit. I won't work for you. Well, that's fine. Go ahead. Quit. Right. Free right. country. Yeah. Go ahead. Quit. Versus someone like me, fine. I'll stick it out for a year till I get my raise. And then mm. I'll work harder and stick it out again. I have I a slightly different mentality. Uh, I will stick it out until I have the new job secured. Because... <laughs> Uh, it's not about whether I deserve the raise or not. It's I, about the whether I can afford food or not. And so bite me. There. <laughs> I was going to get there. But what I'm saying is if you're in a comfortable position, if it's a good job and you know it's a good job, they take care of you. They give you time off with family and friends. They work with you. Right? Someone who's not getting the rule, well, I deserve $15 an hour minimum wage. To flip burgers. Why do you deserve that? Well, because... Because I do, because I have to flip burgers or I have to put the fry machine on to ding. Okay, you still you still haven't answered why you deserve it. Well, and that's fine. If you're late every day and you're smoking pot in the bathroom or you're doing whatever, it's like, why do you deserve it? If you can't logically answer that question. Well, and it's a very simple answer. Not sympathy and empathy. At the well, and it's a very simple answer. The answer should be because I provide more value... Then I charge for my hourly rate. The reason they can't give that answer is because they do not provide more value than that hourly because, rate. Because you're replaceable. Because burgers don't cost $74. No. Maybe in the near future they might. But but, but we're headed there. But as of, right, as of today's date. <laughs> it's about $4 for a good burger. 
at fast food. Uh, at a restaurant, 10 to 13. All right, go to Burger King and buy a burger. Buy buy one of their Baconators, or whatever they call them, Bacon Kings. Those are about 10 bucks a meal. Continuing back, now take that, what we said about deservedly so's, and the I, I deserve because's, and the, the, the entitled instant gratificationers. Now apply it towards science fiction and sci-fi and fantasy. If you are one of those people... I deserve power because everyone else has it around me. Why I deserve it because I do. If you are one of those people who believes that they deserve a living wage for free, and I'm not talking about we deserve the $15 minimum wage at McDonald's. I am talking about the people who believe in a universal basic income. If you are one of those people, do me a favor. Go watch Indiana Jones, the new one. Yeah. That's your character. Tell me how satisfying that person is. That person is you. You do not deserve the position because you have not worked for the position. And that is what the little Miss What's-Her-Face in Indiana Jones is. I honestly don't even know the character. And if you're not entertained by that movie, that is the reason no one takes you seriously. Yeah. Because you are that, and you don't even like it. You may not know that, but that is who you are, and you don't even like it. Look in a mirror and make yourself better. Make yourself useful. Uh, You know what? I won't even go so far as useful. I don't really give a shit if you're useful. I don't know you. Make yourself better. (laughs) Just, Just be better tomorrow than you are today. I can't guarantee you'll ever get to useful, but... But you can you can do better. Come on, you can do just a little bit better. I just, I, I think that's that's where I'm struggling is because there's no logic behind these films. It's just. Oh no, it's anti-logic. You're good because you are because you can be all you can be because. Because whammon. Applied yourself. Because oh no. Whammon because and I'm like, listen, I'm not gonna sit down and watch an hour and a half of a female character who I know couldn't even lift a 20-pound dumbbell without help <laughs> and assume that you can save the galaxy, let alone yourself and your friends. Well, at least not without, I don't know, training? The, the assistance of friends? Training. That too. Cooperation. Um, development. I mean, Rocky didn't just go knock people out. He had to get knocked out first. Well, he didn't have to get knocked out first. It makes for a better story. But he, he did have to work out. He did have to practice. Maybe, maybe that's just the reality of life. If you want to be good at something, you have to do it some. But it's, it's, it's going back to the logic thing. It's not just not logical. It is actively anti-logical. And inconclusive. It is at this point you can write a story about anybody. You can write a story about a dirt clod and talk about how it's so much more beneficial than this other dirt clod because because it's a different dirt clod. Right, but it's the exact opposite of reality. That's that's my point though is that it's 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 sim- it's, it's that simple. It might be more to it, but at its base it's that simple. At its base it is that simple because it's just something as simple as well this magic card is better. This magic card zombie is better than this magic card zombie. Why? They're both the 2-2 power and toughness. They're both a zombie. They're both tokens. 
They're both going to go to exile after they die. Why is one better than the other? Well, because I like it better. Where's the logic uh, worth and more. the reasoning behind it? Okay, worth more financially. Now we're getting into something different. But so, but I'm talking about as basic I know. premise. So, and we're going to talk about something on a little bit of a bird walk. It's very important. Uh, as we do here. You are asking, what is the logical reason? Why? What is the answer using logic, reason, and evidence for why this is the case? There is no logic reason. Right? No, <laughs> no, it's worse than that. That's a joke. It's it's worse than that. Okay. It's anti-logic. They are not just wrong. They are the inversion of right. And that's a huge problem when you're trying to grow a society. Yeah, it is. But think about it. What what makes a great what makes a great character? What made Luke great? He works hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's the opposite of working hard? Laziness. Ray. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what's the opposite of, I don't know, what's another great thing? Hope. Luke is a hopeful character. He hopes that he can change his father. He hopes that he can save the galaxy. What's the opposite of hope? Also known as Ray. <laughs> <laughs> What what is it's not just that they are wrong. They're pushing the adverse. It's it, right. They, yeah. They're not just wrong. They are wrong to the antithesis of right. They are as wrong as you can be. Yeah. Like, if I point due east and I say that's yeah, east, I'm wrong, and you could say no that east is three degrees that way. But I'm roughly right. I'm in the neighborhood. I'm wrong, but I'm in the neighborhood. They're pointing west and saying <laughs> east. Right. Like, there's a big difference between I'm a little off and I'm pointing west knowing that I'm pointing west. Looking south and pointing east is not the same as looking <laughs> north and pointing east. Right. <laughs> and so it, it's, it's so much, you're not going to figure out why logically this is happening because it is the antithesis of logic. Well, so that's coming from, uh, that you just answered it right there. That is the logical answer. The logical answer from someone who can think logically is that it is anti-logic. Oh, that is, that is. That's deep, isn't it? No, no, that hurts. That hurts. Okay. No, that's, so, that's more deep than you want to think about. No. Yes. A logical person can look at it and say, that's not logic. That's anti-logic. The problem with that claim is it's not logic that brought me there. It doesn't have to be logic. It's the fact that right. you can linearly think. Right, but it's not logic that brought me to that understanding. You can run parallel. You don't have to run perpendicular to run into the wall. Right, right. But that's it's, my point. It's you can emotion. Understand. It's emotion that brought me to that answer, not logic. See, mine wasn't emotion. Mine was reasoning with myself. The different on the inversion. You, 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 you can okay claim as you will. My reasoning with myself is that the reasonings that I have been coming up with are each to a dead end. Right. Because it's illogical. But I have to be logical to bring yes. myself there. That's Absolutely. What that's what I'm trying to tell you. Absolutely. My point is... Disney is terrible. <laughs> so, what brought me to this was the emotional realization. And then I was able to go, okay, I found the start point. Now I can backtrack through the maze. And when I get through the maze backwards, 
I can find the path forward. So now I can track it logically. But it was that emotional realization that none of this is logical. It is all entirely emotional. Yes. The entire drive, and that is the reason it's, anti it's the antithesis of, rea of logic. But we've discussed that countless times before. Yes. We know they don't tug at logic and reason. They tug right. at emotions. But what's the opposite of, of logic? Illogic. No. Illogic is, new, is, is the neutral center. Logic all the way on the right. Someone who's supposed to be intelligent, Phil, that really hurts. Logic me. all the way on the right. Illogic in the middle. They're not opposites. The opposite of logic is emotion. What's the opposite of love? Hate. Oh, you're a terrible philosopher. No, it's indifference. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I, I refuse to believe that. I've heard the arguments. I refuse to believe it for one reason. Indifference is the lack of love, not the opposite no, of it. indifference is not having it to begin with. Right. How can you love it? It is the lack of love. Right. The lack of something is not the opposite. The, the opposite that, the is... The fact that love can be shown in different ways is the same way indifference can be shown in different ways. You can only hate one way. No, you can hate lots of ways. No, you can't. Oh, yeah. Not in the human mind. Sure. Hate is an abhorrence. It's malice, contempt. Yeah. You can slap whatever definition you want on there. But indifference can be shown. Right, but there's different degrees of hate. Yeah, well, we'll start another I episode mean, I, on that. I mean, I hate tomatoes, but I really hate Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> hate and love aside, we'll start another episode, but the opposite of logic is to be illogical, meaning ill as in lack To of. without logic. Right. But... To lack something isn't to be the opposite of it. No, I didn't say that. I didn't make that. Right, point. right. To be without logic. Okay, so what is the opposite of hot? Well, what's the temperature? 8,000 degrees. Okay, the opposite of that would, if you want to put it on an actual temperate scale, 8,000 degrees Kelvin. The lack Sub zero of love is... doesn't make it hate, it makes it indifference. According, right, the lack of love. Claim. The lack of love makes it indifference. No, that's, that was my point. You yes, said hate. which no, means hate not. is the opposite. No, it's not. Okay. You have love, lack of love, hate. So, continuing on the bird walk, the opposite of logic is what? Emotion. No. What would you say it is? Somebody can be emotionally intelligent. Emotional intellect is very highly sought okay, after. Okay, so I have a very in the realm of arts. I have a very, I have a very intelligence is controversial sought. take about emotional intelligence. Go for it. It's an oxymoron. See, I am emotionally unintelligent. Okay, if you're speaking in terms of, I am generally emotionally unintelligent. You see, if I were to be told. Discerning the difference between sympathy and empathy. That's if, emotional intelligence. If I were to be told, all right, Philip, you know, we know you paid for this plane ticket, but the plane's delayed by two hours. As an emotionally unintelligent person, I would say, oh, thanks for the information. Go sit down and wait two hours. Now, uh, an emotionally intelligent person would realize that that is literally the end of the world and go and scream at anyone who will or will not listen. Emotional intelligence is not intelligence. Uh, it's, 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 okay, the verbiage It's wrapping your head around the opposite no. of logic. The, the, 
it's not the, this isn't really the idea I don't idea think I have that, a shovel big enough for you to just dig it's, it's okay so, let me answer by saying emotional intellect is the as simple as the discernment between sympathy and empathy they both have linear and equal measurements but they are <coughs> measured differently I don't know that those are things you can measure absolutely they are not tangibly how sympathetic are you how empathetic how do you measure that when are you empathetic? like you can kind of say when are you sympathetic you can kind of say hey i'm more empathetic than you are or you're more sympathetic than i but can you actually put 3.74 google ablaws yes i don't think you can i don't think you can measure that any more than you can measure sociological effect just because it exists doesn't mean you can't you can measure it. Everything now, has a measurement, just now. not in numerical or mathematic measurements. But everything can be measured. Tell you what, measure the size of an electron and get back to me. Good thing I have this twelve hundred dollar device in my hands. I'm gonna give you a hint. Measure it in one of its two forms, because an electron is also a wave. Well, okay. <laughs> Before we get into this, there is something that pe- people who there are, are things not, you cannot measure. There are, but it depends. Are we talking about measurement in terms of length or mass? Well, emotions have neither, so. Okay, you're, okay, you gave me an explanation for an electron. Am I measuring its length and size, or am I measuring its mass and weight? Because it can be measured both ways. Oh, um... Even if it's an electron, that's a wave. Oh, the electron specifically? It's still... Well, um, you yeah, you can make measurements second. on that. Um, yeah, there's measurements you can make on it, but you cannot measure everything there is to be an electron. There's nothing but an electron and atoms. So I'm confused as to your question. Since you're lacking more into the question. Well, measure it. Which one? Number yes. Kind of like with the emotional intelligence. Measure it somehow. Okay, there, there is Speaking no in unit. La- in terms, there doesn't have to be a unit. They measured things back in you the day. You measure things in units. Uh, okay. Exactly, with a unit. God, what so, unit? So glass what unit? Half empty. What so unit are you using for emotional intelligence? Um, human intellect. Not a unit. An understanding. That's what you're using to measure it, no. quote unquote. It's, it's the understanding that humans have for each other, which is why we are considered emotionally intelligent creatures. Well, I'm not. Well, I know you're not, <laughs> judging by this debate you're giving me. <clears throat> Emotional intelligence, while, while being important, it is the opposite of logic. Sociologically speaking, let's start there. Oh, God. I don't want to. Not psychologically speaking. I don't want either. <laughs> I actually had a debate with one of the sociological professors at the college, and I always joke with her. I'm like, you know, you're just a field of study. She goes... <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, I do. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) (laughs) I always tease her. She's fun. Um, I was like, at least you recognize it. Anyways, so logic is utilization of fact. (sighs) No. Mm -hmm. Essentially, it's utilizing fact and observation to come to conclusion. Which is a broader definition of measuring. Right, right. That's fine. Emotional intelligence is to forego fact... And instead, use feeling. But according to you, you can't measure feeling. No, you can't. 
then how do we have different types of feelings? Just because you can't measure it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Okay, but measuring doesn't always mean numerically. That's what I don't think you're understanding. Not every measurement is numerical. You're going to have to expand on that because the definition of measuring is, is to put a number to. No, it's not. To quantify. Quantifying is not the same as measuring. Quantifying can be an addition or a multiplicative. That's using math. You don't always quantify when you're measuring something. Because you can take away. Quantifying is to expand. Not to always put to a away. number to. <laughs> How many hairs are on your head? There is a number. You can measure that. But you're guessing. Well, no. You don't have to. Can you tell I angry? would guess. No, I can't. Right. <laughs> but you can assume I'm annoyed by the tone of my voice. That's a measurement. Well, I could, but I'm not emotionally okay. intelligent. It's, it's a quantitative measurement in that the tone of your voice, you are adding things together. Body language, eyes, fingers, squinting your eyes right now, one eyebrow going up. Those are forms of measurement that people use in order to understand and, in your words, quantify the fact that somebody might be a little upset. I guess I have a stricter definition of measure and quantify. Okay, if you want Merriam-Webster's definition, yes. Or if you want for, I would assume, most of our viewers, some sort of easier definition. My point, I think my point stands that the opposite of fact. Logic, not fact. Okay, we can do that. The opposite of logic is logic. emotion. Well, I, I, was, I was expanding, but the opposite of... of for someone who claims to be Merriam-Webster, you have a terrible short-term memory. Eh, fair enough. <laughs> the opposite of fact is fiction. Yes, I'm not going to dispute that, because that is true. Uh, the opposite of logic is not the lack of logic. That's what you claimed earlier. The opposite of fact is fiction, but the opposite of... En like, the middle ground there is I have no facts, but I have not created a fiction. Okay, but what about logic? We're on logic. So there's a middle logic and the lack of logic but you have not gone into the opposite direction because you have not gone into the opposing matter of the situation Which is what i would say emotion they're not on the same grounds if you can't measure emotion but you can measure logic you can't how not same way you can't me measure emotion not accurately at least if i yes and it's as simple as this if i read two more books than you in 40k i am therefore more logical than you no 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 definition. you're more more wisened more wizened. Okay. But However you want to put it, but I've read more, which means I have a greater fast knowledge of it, even if it's just two novels. I have those two more novels. That's an approximation, than you not to apply knowledge logically. That's an approximation, not a measurement. It's not an approximation. Two more books is a number. Pour your definition. That is two more Approximate books. Approximate to me. I have read two more books than you. Okay. That's a number. So say we haven't read the same books. That are both 600 pages long. That's so, 1,200 more pages fine. than you. So let's say we haven't read the same books. Say you went all in on ultramarines. Necrons. Like Necrons. Yeah, that's my thing. Say I went all in on ultramarines. Because you're gay. I get it. Fair enough. I mean, that, that is, that is the, <laughs> lo the, that's the logical explanation. The logical conclusion of the Imperium is Obviously, you're if you're reading about the, 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 the ultramarines, you're gay. <laughs> Period of a man. What do you think it stands for? So which one of us knows more? You've read more books. 
Yeah, but I've, I, I would be more logical on the subject of the Necron Dynasty. Right, so it's relative. It's approximate. But now that you Approximately, that you know more than me. So let's make the distinction now that we've read the same books. Okay. I've read two extra more than you. Okay. About the same subject matter. Then approximate to me, you know more. And numerically and logically How much more? Speaking, I do. Two books more. 1,200 okay. pages more. 1,200 pages? How many words? 6,787. And what if every bit of information in those two books was in one of the books we read otherwise? Yeah, that's, that's probability, though. It's not an approximate. When I'm saying measurement, I am saying... That's the realist's definition. With a definition of point A to point B. But you're being figurative. I'm being a realist and saying that I have done this. I can put a quantitative number on it. Per your definition. You can put an approximate number. It's not an approximate. There are exactly that amount of words and exactly that amount of pages and exactly that amount of books. That is an exact amount, not an approximate amount. But you can't say that all of those ideas and all of those words and all of those pages were unique. But what if they are? What? Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. See, now we're getting into the what How if do you measure it? And we got to stop it at what ifs because we're not a what if for the podcast. Fair enough. Unless we're premising this episode. However, I will still stand on the premise that logic, the opposite of, is illogic. It is the lack of logic. There's nothing in between. Emotion is a different plane. They might... No, I will out. agree with they you. They run parallel. I would agree with you, but I want to tweak the definition a little bit. No, you tweak it for yourself, not for me. Well, hear me out. The opposite of logic might be illogic, but not the lack of. I don't think... I didn't say the lack of. Listen to me. They run parallel to each other, but they're on the same plane. That's the difference. They have to be running in the same direction to be considered in the same plane of progress of whatever story you're telling. They can't run like this because then the story goes in a different direction than both ideas. So logic and illogic have to go in the same plane for Warhammer 40k. You can't have them start to do this because then they will go off in other directions and 40k floats off into nothing. Right, right. So what I'm... The problem I have is the lack of logic is not the opposite of having logic. That wasn't my claim. Not the lack of. It's being illogical, unable to be logical. That doesn't mean you don't have it. It means you can't well, do it. Not being able to do it is the same as effectively not doing it. So emotion... Not having it. Emotion and indifference. Let's put it like that. For lack of a better term, emotion and indifference are opposites of each other. Mm -mm. Yes. Because indifference is the, is, is the lack of. But it's not. It's not the lack of. And the definition of indifference is to not care. Right. It's the lack of you don't. You lack it. Whether you choose to not use it, or you do not choose to not have it. I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make it drink. Right, but the opposite, the opposite <laughs> of 8,000 degrees Kelvin, it's heat. So then, by definition, the opposite would be lack of heat. No. It's, it's the lack of the thing, not the opposite. Now, slow down, because as a metallurgist and a teacher, I can tell you, heat and temperature are two different things. Yes. Temperature is a measurement of heat. No. <laughs> no. No. Jackass. I'm not getting into it, but there's two types of measurements for heat. Yeah. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> You're an asshole. 
Okay. Try, try getting 19 and 20 year olds to understand that concept too. They just look at me like, "Oh, dude, I would, I would play around in that class so hard. I would ruin your class." And heat. I know you would. Okay. I'll put it like this. For those of you who don't know, if I strike a match, the temperature of the flame and the actual temperature of where the heat source is coming from are two different things. There's radiant heat and there's latent heat, and they both vary in temperature. <laughs> and I can just see some of our listeners' faces going, what? I don't care. <laughs> Okay. Measuring heat is an infrared scale. Measuring right. temperature is not. Okay. Well, my anyway. point very simply is cold is not the opposite of heat. It's the lack of heat. To be the opposite of a thing, you have to be a thing. No, that's so you can. Okay. We're really going to go around in circles here, and we're already past our mark. All that's right. fine. However, I'm going to premise by saying agree to disagree. We can debate this again at some other time, but Philip and I are very set in our ways. As an empathetic person, though, you're, you're empathetic. I don't want you to be wrong. <laughs> and as a sympathetic person, I know you're not right. Oh, that's unfortunate. Exactly. For you to be wrong. <laughs> fortunate that I'm right in that matter too. Anyways, there, there are, however you want to define it, it doesn't matter. But the the point still stands as far as our episodes concerned. Whether, they are illogical. whether illogical or lacking, or however you want to They are illogical. They are, it's not there. They are the antithesis of logic. I'll go with that. Yes. And it's, it's a struggle, minorly. <laughs> the conclusions I have come to is that the only way this is going to change is if writers are incentivized in some way, whether, not, I'm not talking about financial incentivizing. I'm talking about well, that would work, too. Yeah, well, possibly, but who's going to do it if the lefties have all the money and they're going to push their propaganda? Well, that's wonderful. They're giving all their money away. Billion dollars over the last ten movies. Sure, but my point still stands. If there's some sort of incentivizing program to allow these writers, if you want to call them that, and give them an understanding of what a good story is... The internet is that. need something... Podcasting. Is, right. But the variety of entertainment increasing is that incentivization because if they do not figure out what they're doing wrong, they about, will lose. What about asking somebody, I know this is a, a far cry, but just hear me out, George Lucas to come back. And as they write their story, he says, no, that's wrong. Well, why? She's a powerful character because he can say, because people aren't handed things in life. They have to earn them. Or... Hear me out. That's just the base premise, right? Or hear me out. Um, bring George Lucas back, and then when, fire everybody when, else. <laughs> when the blue-haired feminist says, "But why?" He just go, "Okay, leave. You're done. You're fired. Bye." Problem solved. I have to spell it out for you. <laughs> Today, Junior. Because I said so. Uh, All right. Well, that was a fun talk. For those of you who don't know, if you haven't listened to our some of our earlier episodes. Those kinds of conversations, Philip and I used to have at two or three, four in the morning when we were in college, when we were roommates. Uh, we could never sleep because we had stupid conversations like that. <laughs> right? <laughs> Good times. It's all right. I'm wisening him up slowly. Yeah, and I'm bringing Phil more knowledge. So Good luck with it, that. It goes hand in hand. Um, but no, at uh, everything's still the same. Dresde Cantina. 
at Cantina Instagram. Hive at scummyvillainsgmail.com at Cantina Discord. This is our 62nd episode, I believe. I don't know. I'm just coming here for the conversations. Sure. Um, he likes to learn, so he keeps showing up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The arrogance of somebody who claims to be teaching is astounding. You but have to be a little arrogant. Other people, Otherwise, people don't listen. Trust me, no. I have to deal with it every day. <laughs> All right. Other than that, uh, see you next week. Thanks for coming along. Thank <laughs> you.